0: Blood Talk Radio
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Lyrically, I'm untouchable, uncrushable Run it in a 600, run it in a
1: 600 Untouchable, uncrushable Run in a 600, run in a 600 It's Wednesday night, so you know what that means. Another live episode here at Punch the Race Radio. I'm your host, Brandon Stubbs. Appreciate you joining me here tonight. And with it being a big fight week, of course, I am joined by the incomparable, the, the magnificent one of you, if you will. We know him, we love him, Adam Abramowitz, aka SN Boxing of SaturdayNightBoxing.com. What's going on, Adam?
0: Doing great, Brandon. A lot of good stuff tonight, and uh, thanks for having me, as always.
1: Oh, man, not a problem at all, man. You're my brother in boxing, and I appreciate you. Now, here tonight, we're obviously going to talk about uh, uh, Crawford Horn that goes down here Saturday night on ESPN Plus app, uh, the return of Tyson Fury. There's a fight card in Los Angeles here on Saturday that seems like most boxing fans don't care about. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, And... um, uh, we'll be joined here at uh, 30 minutes here into the show uh, by Joe DeGuardia of Star Boxing. I have a lot of things to talk to him about. Uh, but we're going to start off here with uh, some news that broke today, Adam. Um, the IBF has pretty much said, nah, they have stripped Triple G of his belt. Um, are you shocked, and what do you think is going to be the next step?
0: No, I'm not shocked. The IBF uh, takes their mandatory seriously, and they essentially um, gave – Golovkin a deal which says if you want to fight Vance Marozian go ahead but you got to fight our guy next because uh, the IBF was due for the mandatory and Golovkin obviously wasn't willing to commit to that and so they stripped uh, Golovkin and uh looks like Darvanchenko is going to fight somebody for that belt but no I mean Golovkin has has not fought an IBF uh, mandatory I believe since Dominic Wade Um it was due and unfortunately the Canelo situation made this worse. Um, and, 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 and kind of was the, the, the start of this scenario, but Golovkin had the ability to fight Dervinchenko on short notice instead of Vans Golovkin, even after a two round knockout, had the ability to fight Dervinchenko right afterwards and chose not to. So, you know, I don't feel really that bad for Golovkin. It wasn't a, gr- a great situation, but he had some choices here, and he chose a direction to, you know, possibly go for more money for himself. So I don't begrudge him for that, and I don't begrudge the IBF, and good for Darvinchenko for getting a possible title opportunity. I'm not really that upset about it. Uh, it's just the way it goes sometimes.
1: Now, the funny thing is, you know, the rankings go for the IBF as follows: Darvinchenko's won. Uh, the number two slot is empty. Daniel Jacobs is three. Charlo is four. Demetrius Andre is five. Now, we'll obviously uh, talk to Joe DeGuarie about possibly what's going on with uh, Demetrius Andre because he seems to be one of the enigmas of boxing, if you will. Uh, but we know Darvincenco and Jacobs have the same trainer, so more than likely that's a fight that's not going to happen. So does that now make Charlo and Darvinchenko the fight to make, or will Jacobs, you know, who's been talked about possibly getting a payday against Canelo – I mean, it's a real weird situation right now in the middleweight division.
0: It's a merry-go-round. You know, you have five or six good boxers, and honestly, I don't really care who fights who as long as they fight. You know, I'm not crying if the Golovkin-Canelo rematch doesn't get made because if Golovkin fights Saunders or, you know, um, Canelo winds up fighting Charlo. I mean, those are all good fights. I don't really care... You know, I'm not going to cry about that rematch, rematch not being made. You know, I thought Golovkin won. Most people did. Um, if they fought again, great. It wasn't like the fight was so amazing or so controversial in my eyes that i need to see it again. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a crappy decision. There are a lot of other good fighters, though, out there, and as long as those fights get made, I'm not upset. I mean, how do you see it?
1: I'm kind of with you in that regard because – as much as I, I think Boxing, you know, from a business aspect And a buzz aspect And a, you know, cross-platform aspect It needs Triple G and Canelo, too, to happen Because I think it generates a lot of good energy For the sport, gets good publicity for the sport But us fans, you know A lot of us, including myself I like fresh matchups I, I really don't like rematches Unless it's something that's completely and utterly needed Hence the reason I think a lot of fans aren't is kind of about Mares uh, and Santa Cruz Which we'll talk about later but, you know, we want fresh matchups. And right now, the names that are floating out there and some of the matchups that we see that are being talked about, they're intriguing to me. It's intriguing to me to see how Canelo will handle a much naturally larger fighter than a Daniel Jacobs. It's intriguing to me if Triple G goes over to Japan or if he's even willing really to go down to Texas and fight Charlotte or uh, the gentleman over at uh, uh, Maratu over in Japan. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders is also an enigma in there because, yeah, he may get a big fight made, but then he may pull out. So, it's it's a lot of interesting things and names out there. I just hope they all fight at some juncture. I do see them all fighting at some point. It's just, of, you know, what domino is going to fall first to get the first matchup set up. Once that first domino falls, I think we're going to see everybody else fall in line before the year's out.
0: I think you make a very good point that boxing, it's important for boxing for the big fights to happen. And I, and I think that's right. And so, you know, even if I personally don't really care about that rematch happening, it is better for the sport. I, I agree with you 100%. Boxing turns on big events, getting the media together a couple times a year to kind of put the, the its best foot forward. There's a built-in audience. There is some drama out there. Um, so it's good for the sport that Golovkin and, and Canelo happens again. But I personally... You know, if Canelo fights Saunders, if Canelo fights Andre, if Canelo fights Darvanchenko, Jacobs, all of those are good fights that I want to watch. So um, I know what boxing wants, but, frankly, there are enough good fighters that, you know, I'm not going to be too picky about it.
1: You know, you know, we say all this, and we put a good positive spin on it. You know, come September 15th, we're going to get Canelo versus Spike O'Sullivan on pay-per-view. You, you realize See, that, right? And
0: then, then, and then <laughs> that's going to be a tragedy. And that's fine. No, I mean, there, there, that's a real possibility, and then that would be very bad for the sport. You know that <laughs> that sucks. Um, and I, no, but, but that's
1: the un, that's unfortunate scenario we're probably yes, going to be is. looking at. Like,
0: I know. Well, you saw that. You know, it's like, you know. Oscar was dropping all the names, you know, he's dropping like Charlo and he was dropping Saunders and then he's dropping Spiko Sullivan. And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa." What what is one thing is not like the others here, you know? And it's like, you know, and then I saw Bob Arum do the same thing. He was talking about Terence Crawford's next opponents so like, "We're going to be looking at Spence. We're going to be looking at Sean Porter. We're going to be looking at Benavides. I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." They whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. You know? like, pause there. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's crazy. Now now I will say this and I wanna give a big thank you again to last week's guest Roberto Diaz matchmaker there, Golden Boy. Uh he still said even on last this time last week that he thought in his heart and in mind there was a pretty good chance the deal would get done for Triple G Canelo Part two. I, I hope that's the case. You know, he's a guy who's got inside information, so but let's hope that's still the case. Let's hope that's something that still happens. But uh as fans we have to just kinda wait and see and uh we'll take it from there.
0: Yeah. Um not So, yeah, anyway, not interesting news, but nothing that's, you know, crazy Um that Canel... I mean, I know Golovkin wanted to have all the belts at some point, and you know what? Maybe he will still try to get it, but sometimes it's a sport. They made a business decision. I think everybody was acting in their interests here.
1: That is correct, so we'll see. Well, obviously, this is a fluid situation, so... As things change, we'll have more news here on next week's show, and obviously go to SaturdayNightBoxing.com, where Adam may have an interesting piece about it. You never know with Adam. Adam writes some good stuff. So people who listen, SaturdayNightBoxing.com, we plug it because, well, it's a good good website. You know, it's what it is. Now, now Adam, you said business, and let's, let's talk a little bit of business of boxing because one of our favorite fighters to watch, Terrence Crawford, is going to be showcased on the ESPN Plus app here this weekend. Uh, It's a big fight, this first fight here, 147. Uh, I think I kind of surprised some people with a tweet that I sent out saying, I don't think he's going to completely whitewash uh, Jeff Horn. Um, Am I completely off my rocker in thinking that, you know, I'm a little bit hesitant on saying this is going to be a one-side beating, yet, you know, am I I wrong for thinking it could be slightly competitive?
0: I think there'll be a couple of feel-out rounds. Um, I think... Crawford will take a couple rounds to kind of feel the power of 147, and, you know, Horn has kind of an awkward style, so I would, I I think eventually Crawford, you know, is a much better fighter, and he will win this fight, and, and I think it will look good eventually, but I, I wouldn't be surprised that there'll be some feel-out rounds. Um, I, You know, in my mind, the fight's going 9, 10, 11 rounds, something like that, so I don't expect it to be a complete blowout. I, I think, you know, Crawford sometimes fights cautiously, and I think he'll take a few rounds to adjust to Horn's power and kind of awkward rhythms.
1: Yeah, and, and that's kind of why I'm a little bit hesitant on saying that, you know, people think, oh, Crawford's going to get him out of there in six or less, and I'm I'm hesitant on that because we don't know what Crawford's going to look like at 147. We We don't. Now, granted, we're going to say, well, you know, he rehydrates and he's heavier when he would fight at 140. Well, that's a little bit different because he's going to be even more hydrated and even heavier this time around. So until I actually see him in there, granted, you know, on paper, he has all the skill set to do anything he wants to there in the ring against Jeff Horn. Um, I'm hesitant on saying he's going to completely just dominate and get him out of there. Uh, Like you said, you know, Crawford has been known to kind of get off to some slow starts, I wouldn't say slow starts per se, but he's kind of almost in the same light of Mayweather. He's going to see what his opponent has to offer. He's going to decode it, and he's going to start breaking it down really third round going forward. And that's something Terrace Crawford has really been good at. We've seen him do that in fights here uh, as he's made his climb here to the top. Uh, but, you know, like you said, Jeff Horn does have kind of a weird herky jerky style. He is very sturdy because he did get hit with some shots from Manny Pacquiao didn't go down, and I think that's going to be the key. I think he is sturdy enough to where – he can survive an onslaught and not go down. Um, but I still don't like Jeff Horn's chances. Uh, if I'm out there in Vegas, I'm putting money definitely on uh, Crawford to win. I just do a straight back here for the win. I'm not going to pick any sort of KO or round stoppage. I'm just going flat out Crawford for the win.
0: Yeah, I uh, let's do a TKO 10 for Crawford. But one of those <clears throat> performances where he doesn't really look good until round four or five Um and we've seen those before, you know, where he he kind of turns in kind of a, a few lackluster rounds, and then kind of uh, I think DeLorme was one of those. Uh, I think even against Lundy, he took a little bit to turn on. So I I, I th- obviously about Gamboa. So I think I think will be one of those performances where eventually he'll he'll figure it out and and mush, move forward. But TKO ten.
1: Now, do you think? And, and this is something I'm actually you know I'm I've admitted. I've signed up for the ESPN Plus app. Don't judge me, because um, I, I, I do want to see this fight, and you know I'm, I'm not. I'm yep. gonna actually, I'm actually gonna give it an opportunity and not just go with the uh, the free seven day trial. I'm gonna give it a go for a month and see uh, see what it has to offer. Uh, but you know I'm still a little bit salty that you know one of the top three, even somebody's most people's number one or some people's number one fighter in the world, pound for pound, is on an app. Do you think this yeah. is going to boost his, his uh, I guess, his popularity? Is it going to stay the same? You know, from a business aspect of it, what do you think this does for Crawford being on this platform for ESPN?
0: Well, I did write about this this week. I, I had an article on um, the new um, Eddie Hearn, Deal with the zone and the ESPN top rank deal, and it's a large piece about the state of the industry and the shifting from television to the apps and um, and streaming services, and and we could talk about that more. But one of the things that I did talk about is this Crawford Horn fight, and how ESPN is clearly looking at this opportunity as a way to drive new users. From Crawford's perspective. Uh, I, I don't think he'll be happy for it, uh, about it. And the top-ranked people said, well, he's going to be making a career-high payday. Well, he's also going to be fighting in front of the fewest fans that he's probably fought since he was on HBO. I mean, you're talking about potentially tens of thousands. He's going to be fighting in front of tens of thousands of users. That's it. You know, so a guy who was drawing 1 million, 1.2 on HBO, and if he was fighting on regular ESPN, probably around the same numbers, perhaps a little bit more, he's now going to be fighting in front of tens of thousands of people. So I don't like it. I think it stalls his career because people aren't going to be watching the fight. And um, it's very tough to look good uh, or very tough to demand more in terms of your marketability when nobody's seeing you. So I don't think that this is a good I'm sure it had nothing to do with Crawford if it was up to Crawford he would want to be fighting in front of as many people as possible but I you know I've been told this is a one off next time he's going to be back on ESPN but I I hate that the number 1 or number 2 or number 3 fighter in the world is going to be seen by so few people I think it's awful to be honest
1: And and I agree I mean it 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 just it just seems kind of it just seems kind of weird, you know. I, I you know, with, with an app, I think you should maybe launch and do like they have been doing. Have the undercard fights on the app. Use that as a springboard to say, hey, if you want to see this up-and-coming star or, or something to that degree, or have the fights on replay through the app. Uh, but I think if you're having one of these top flight fighters in the world, they shouldn't be appearing on an app. Uh, they should be appearing on your network television, period, because if he's on there, that's going to drive ratings for ESPN, which is going to be more... Uh, revenue that they can generate from commercials Uh, they can have the commercials running in the bottom corner of the screen in between rounds we see that all the time so i don't understand from a revenue and a business aspect how that makes total sense but um what do i know (laughs) you know but just kind of outside looking at it doesn't make a ton of sense to me
0: let me tell you some things that are weird i always know you like to point out things that are weird so espn through the average person's cable bill is about $9 and change goes to ESPN. So if your monthly cable bill, which is whatever it is, about $9 of that is ESPN. So ESPN is now convincing people to turn away from the $9 a month and put content right on the streaming service where it's only $4.99 a month. So how weird is that? They are actively turning people away in terms of cons- they're taking content away, you know, from something that generates far more money for something that will generate far less money. It's very, it's a very, very strange business case. But clearly, they want to eventually be the streaming leader for sports in, in this country, and they're willing to make these strange decisions and these weird choices right now because it's more important for them to be the number one streaming site in five years. So in the meantime, people like Terrence Crawford, certain sports, certain events are going to be sacrificed.
1: Very, very strange. Now, not only is Terrence Crawford going to be here on the ESPN Plus app on Saturday, uh, you'll also be able to see a guest that we had on the show last month, uh, Shakur Stevenson. He's going to be having his seventh career fight uh, he's going to be facing a gentleman by the name of um, Eliano uh, Muscati or Mesquita. Probably me, Mesquita. I think that's how you enunciate it. Uh, they're in a the featherweight bout. Uh, and really, other, other name of note here on the card is um, the aforementioned Joseph Benavidez. Uh, he's going to be uh, putting his 26-0 record on the line against Frank uh, Rojas uh, in another welterweight bout. So it's not really a star-studded card either. For the you know for the app and for this being uh you know a fight card that they're really putting a lot of energy behind, so i i don't I don't get it I don't get it, but I'll right. watch it that's the sad part,
0: yeah, I'll watch it too i mean i I've been you know to some degree been critical of how this is handled, and I realize that this is this is an e s p n call you know top rank i'm sure did not want to take Terrence Crawford and put him on an app. But when they made their deal with ESPN, there were certain realities. And one of those was, from time to time, we want to put your best fighters behind a paywall that very few people can see. And if you want our money or if you want our deal, that's what we're selling. And so, unfortunately, as boxing fans, we have to deal with that reality. I I know Top Rank's not thrilled about it. I mean, they're... Uh, some of their marketing people keep yelling at me because I start, you know, giving them a hard time about Terrence Crawford fighting on an app. But I mean, and they certainly do. Uh, I mean, a couple people in particular. Um, but with that said, you know, it's the, it is a reality. I'm not saying we have to love it, but it's also probably not going anywhere.
1: You know, the funny thing is, here we're talking about a, a fighter fighting on an app while we won't have any fights on HBO until August 4th.
0: I know. It's not great. I mean, it's like crazy. I was talking to my um, I was actually talking to my father who, uh, you know, reads my articles from time to time and likes to comment. He's a casual boxing fan. If something's on TV, uh, he'll watch and talk to me about it. But it's not like he he stays in every weekend or or really follows all the key players in the sport. And he said, did you ever think that HBO one day, you know, would fall as fast as they have? And I said, no, I mean, I, I was trying to explain to to a couple of people that are that are new boxing fans. I said for 20, 25 years, you know HBO was so high and above everybody else in boxing, and just to see what's happened in just a short time, I mean it's just crazy. You know they, they just to see how far they've fallen. I mean it, it is very it's sad, but you know things change. You know uh, realities change, but it, it's just it is shocking still, isn't it?
1: It's almost like part of my childhood is like slowly dying in front of me because yeah. that used to be the thing, man. I remember boxing after dark. You know, I remember the HBO championship cards, and it's just, it's weird that it just doesn't happen on a regular basis. And, you know, we'll have this fight card here in August with main events and um, uh, Sergey Kovalev defending his championship. And it's also been announced today uh, Dmitry Gruev versus uh, Isaac Chalumba. All right, whatever. Um, so, so I mean, those are fights we're gonna get in August. Which, whatever. I, I
0: yeah.
1: I don't know, man. It just hurts my heart. It's it's sad. Yeah. It's just sad all the way around. And you know, in talking is. and hearing Tom Loeffler talk, it's almost like HBO is kind of still hesitant on pulling the trigger on doing Superfly three. Which, if you think about, it, is utterly insane not to want to do because it's been such a a big. big hit amongst boxing fans but you know he's saying you know we're in talks but it it may end up going elsewhere and and that's just a sad state to see that it may may exit and it may go elsewhere and hbo may be done with boxing by the end of this year
0: this is um it's all connected right because bob arum and top rank were on hbo for 25 30 years that was their network and then they left last year and People tell me HBO's, you know, boxing fans get all incensed. HBO's failing. It's a failing network, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, HBO's not failing at all. They make billions of dollars of profit every year. They're a very successful network. They just don't have a commitment to boxing anymore, which is their corporate priority or prerogative, but they do not they're very successful. They're very good at what they do. They just mm-hmm. don't feel like boxing needs to be a big part of their mix anymore. It is sad. We all grew up, you know, with Jim Lampley and Larry Merchant and, you know, the the fighters that was an era, but, you know, Bob Arum saw the writing on the wall that they would not commit the same way that they had in the past and had to make himself you know a, what he thought was a better deal. I'm not saying it was an amazing deal maybe made with ESPN. It may turn out to be okay, but he couldn't stay with HBO the way their trajectory is going. There, it's just they're just not doing enough boxing to keep uh, a, a company with the amount of fighters that Top Rank has busy. There wasn't enough that they could guarantee him anymore.
1: It's crazy. It's it's just absolutely just it's 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 sad. It's sad, but. Uh, You know, we'll enjoy it while it lasts because, you know, we all know it in life nothing lasts forever. So all I got to say to boxing fans is let's cherish the moments we have with HBO Boxing, uh, the few and far between we will have here in the, the coming months. Uh, cherish them like you would, you know, a loved one, because you never know when it could be your last. And you know, all, all jokes aside, we just don't know. Like I said, we know we'll get a card in August. Uh, we'll get something in September, Lord knows what. And then after that, I think it's a complete crapshoot of what we'll see here fourth quarter uh, of this year. So who knows? But uh, here in a little bit, we'll be joined here in a few moments by Joe DeGuarty of Star Boxing. Uh, they have a fight card here this Friday night up at the Paramount there in Huntington, New York. Uh, so make sure if you're up there in the New York area, you go check that out. He'll join us here in a moment to talk uh, what's going on with him and Star Boxing, Joe Smith's return. Uh, and we'll also we, – we also want to get his opinion on um, a guy that we – we know has skills, but we just never seen fighting Demetrius Boo Andrade. Um, you know where he does. Where does he fit now in this uh, crazy mix here in the middleweight division? So Joe Deguario will be joining us in a second. Uh, feel free to tweet me and Adam throughout the show. I am at Brandon P Two T F. Adam is at in Boxing, uh, and we will be taking calls a little bit later in the show. Uh, we'll still get have to get to the return of Tyson Fury. And um, a, a, fight, a fight that's flying on the radar, Adam, that I, I know that I, I saw you tweet about it, that you're kind of excited about it. I think it's going to be competitive. Uh, uh, Flanagan and Hooker uh, there on that Tyson Fury undercard, I think it's going to be an underrated fight and probably the most uh, underrated fight here of the weekend. I think that's actually going to be a real competitive fight.
0: Um, So I'll disagree with you. I just, I think it could got awful. So I think, no, I do. I, I, like I, I, I'm not seeing a great style clash I think it'll be competitive in that um, not a lot's going to happen and there's going to be a lot of close rounds um, Flanagan has looked good uh, he was a former lightweight champion you remember he destroyed Diego Magdaleno um, he had a good performance against Peter Petrov so he'd made some defenses he had outgrown 135 this is his first foray 140 he's fighting hooker uh Hooker is really a basic fighter. He has some athleticism, knows how to box a little bit, but nothing really incredible. I just see um I see not a lot of hard shots being landed. I I see a lot of it's you know, I think it's a Southpaw righty mat- matchup. Um I just see I see a lot of feet getting tangled. I see I don't still see a lot of clean punches here. I I think this could be very tough to watch. I'll, I'll be watching it. I think it could be very tough to sit through.
1: <laughs> and just keep in mind, Maurice Hooker is the last and the, I, I, last that I know of uh, active fighters a part of Rock Nation uh, boxing yeah, he's or, it. Yeah, he's it. or throne boxing. Yeah. So I mean, uh, he's the last of a dying breed. Here is their last hope. Um, so there's that, <laughs>
0: the last, well, he can. <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's you know, you look at that roster and I I'd want to say the website's still up where it actually shows some of the fighters that are signed to, uh, to throne boxing. And it's like, wow. Okay. I've, all right, well, we'll see how that works out for him. So, um, you know, Maurice Hooker's their last hope and we've seen him on a couple of cards. Uh, I know he was fighting with some of the, uh, uh, Koto undercards on pay-per-view and he looked kind of ho-hum and those opportunities he had, and, you know, let's see what he does here. I wonder if anybody from Rock Nation will actually fly out to the U.K. to go out and support him, because they seem to be, when their fighters fight, they're nowhere to be found uh, at all. They, still, um, they probably are the most still have worst promoter there is. Do they still have employees? Uh, you know, I, I honestly God, don't know. It's, it's crazy, because I remember um, prior to him fighting Daniel Jacobs, we had uh, uh, Luis uh, Arza. Uh, on the show, and he said he had a meeting up there, but he's like, yeah, I heard they let go of a lot of people too, and he was literally up there that same day. So he's like, yeah, I don't know really what's going on, but they told me I was going to get a big fight, and they ended up getting him that the Jacobs fight, and then shortly thereafter, cut ties with him. Go figure. Um, so so it, it, <laughs> it's a strange they, company to work for.
0: They still, ha- I'm on their website right now, they still have like 12 active fighters listed. Um, most of them you haven't heard of, Uh, some of you might have Dusty Hernandez-Harrison, Sonny Fredrickson. um, I mean, Darmani Rock is out of Philly. I mean, they have Rigandau listed. I mean, it's not a very strong, stable... I mean, it seems like they're probably winding down. I I don't see an active presence there anymore. But anyway, why waste our precious uh, time on a boxing podcast talking about Rock Nation, right, Brandon? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: but I, I do want to say, it's funny you said Rigendahl's name. You know, Rigendahl's pretty much been missing in action. Like, we may need to fit, like literally put his face on milk cartons or, you know, start a tweet campaign to find out where he's at. Because after his loss to Lomachenko, he is literally, he's went, like, radio silent. So, if yeah. any fans who are listening to the show have whereabouts of Guillermo Rigendahl, please take a photo of him. Let us know he's safe and sound. Uh, you can tweet that to me at P 2 T F. I just want to know he's okay because we haven't heard, we haven't seen him. We don't know where he's at. So I mean, you he know, was, somebody who yeah, talks were, all that. He's just been completely radio silent.
0: Yeah, he had a very active uh, social media person that was kind of tweeting under his name. Is very witty. Uh, that person has ceased uh, to be on Twitter. Uh, I don't know what's happening with him. There was some talk. Uh, at one of the world boxing super series tournaments is going to be at one eighteen and, and some people said well can can remember Rigandau get down to one eighteen for that but he's from what I'm hearing he's he's not going to be one of the eight fighters uh that's going to be part of that tournament.
1: Real shame because that actually's going to be that's a really good tournament they've got going on. Yeah, really that could some be, good that things could be they got bad. shaping up so I I'm really excited about what they're doing there. And also, as we said on last week's show, I'm glad to hear uh, George Groves is healthy. He's been cleared. That fight's still going to happen here. Uh, him with Smith at some juncture later this summer. So that's still saved. Now we're just waiting to see what the hell they're going to do with the Cruiserweight fight. Uh, that's still kind of up in the air. So uh, really, uh, you know, I was kind of optimistic at first and kind of like, ah, I don't know about this World Boxing Super Series, but it ended up turning out being really well and really well put together, minus the television deal here in America uh, as far as that tournament goes. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do here the second time around, what they've learned worked and didn't work. Uh, and hopefully when they do get these fights scheduled here for these next round of tournaments, they have a television deal in place here for the state. So ESPN+, Plus, I'm talking to you. Let's make that happen. Uh, we're waiting here on our guest to call in Joe DiGuardia of Starbucks, and he'll be joining us here in a few moments. Uh, and, again, feel free to tweet me and Adam throughout the show. at uh, I'm at Brandon p 2 tf Adams at S N Boxing, and as well Saturday SaturdayNightBoxing dot com. So yeah, there's that shameless plugs so, for everybody. That's what we do.
0: Well, thank you, sir. Let's talk about Tyson Fury real briefly because uh, he's coming back. He's coming against Sephora Safari, I believe is how you pronounce it. I used I was saying Surf and Safari. He's fighting because Barbara Ann wasn't available, which is an old <laughs> school like Beach Boys reference, right? But um, um. So I know you like Fury. You're interested in him. You've been captivated in him over, over captivated by him over the years. Um, he's been out for two and some years. What are you looking for on Saturday?
1: Um, I want to see him get in some rounds. I don't want to see him just completely whitewash a guy that he should just completely be down. Uh, I want to see him go some rounds and see how he physically looks. You know, he shaved off a lot of weight. And I don't want to say a short amount of time, but as heavy <laughs> as he was, he lost a lot of weight. Yes, he did. Uh, so I want to see how his conditioning is. Uh, get in some rounds. Uh, you know, obviously don't get yourself hurt. Don't go out there and play around. But try to get in some rounds. You know, try to get some action. Take some punches. See how it feels. Uh, and just kind of get you know get used to being back in there. Uh, you know, it's been literally two and a half years since he fought, and that is a long time for anyone. Um, you know, he suffered from addiction. He had some mental health issues. They said he gained a lot of weight, you know, everyone likes a good comeback story. And we have to remember he is the lineal champion. Uh, he beat the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy. So he still owns some of the heavyweight title. Uh, he may not have any physical belts per se, but you know, he's still one of the guys that can say, Hey, I'm the heavyweight champion. So I want to see him get in those rounds. I want to see how he works here on Saturday. And, if he goes out and you know, gets, you know, fights a good four or five rounds and then goes out and just completely puts a combination and knocks the guy out, which he should be able to do, you know, let the talk of him versus Joshua begin because I honestly think that's more realistic and more of a payday for all parties involved than Joshua Wilder. You know, I know American fans are gonna hate to hear that. Shout out to everybody in Alabama, but from a <laughs> business aspect, that's a bigger fight. And honestly, if Fury is what he was I think he actually has a better chance to get Joshua than Wilder does. Now, I don't think he well, beat Joshua. Let me keep it real.
0: I think, um, I think Fury. I think Wilder Joshua is a bigger fight if it's in America. Uh, I think if it's in England, then the Fury fight is bigger because I, I do think there is a viable pay per view market for Joshua Wilder that could probably do I don't know six hundred thousand seven hundred thousand pay-per-views, and I think that would make that a bigger fight. But I hear what you're saying, though. I I, I really do. Um, I'm actually most interested in looking forward to Fury's next fight, Um, even though there's no opponent, because here is the um, example that I'm using. Do you remember when George Foreman took that time off and he came back in the 80s? You know, he basically Mm -hmm. was fighting, you know, Eight, eight, 8 fights, 10 fights, 12 fights in quick succession to get back in to shape and to get the rounds back in. So if, if Fury is really serious about making another run, so he fights this weekend, and then I want to see him fight in, like, late July and August. Do you know what I'm saying? I want to see him get right back, and that shows me he's serious because he's going to need – I'm not saying uh, that – he, he could compete with the top, but he needs three or four fights. And if he wants to fight once and then go get a title or fight twice and go get a title, he's not ready. He needs three or four fights. He's been off for two and a half years. He's been out of shape. He hasn't been taking care of his body. So I'm fascinated and I'm interested to see how fast he gets back in the ring. Because I think anybody can make one comeback fight. I think it's the next fight that will tell us how serious he is.
1: I completely agree because, you know, like you said, this first fight, he's got a guy that honestly none of us have heard of. If you saw the press conference today, if you haven't seen the photos, uh, this guy looks like he's going to be completely outclassed. So this should be easy work for him. So if that's the case, you know, what is Frank Warren going to do? Is he going to try to get something lined up here immediately? Will they make some sort of announcement after the fight? You know, as long as Fury isn't hurt, uh, I honestly see there being no reason he shouldn't fight again here in 60 days. Uh fight again in 60 days or lesser uh get that fight done and maybe even try to get one more in before the summer is out and then look for maybe a, a semi big fight here for the fall early winter over there in the UK. And I, I think that would make the most sense because like you said, he needs to get the work in uh, that long of a time off, you know, you need to get the work in and fighting going right into a fight, you know, a, a comeback fight and going right into a Joshua fight wouldn't make sense. Going right into a wilder fight wouldn't make sense. Uh, Tony Bellew you going after this fight, eh, you know, maybe, but But at least those two guys, Wilder and Joshua, that's something he should not jump right back in uh, to the deep end of the swimming pool in the heavyweight division after just one fight. But I I think the buzz will start, and you know, money talks. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's the route that ends up happening.
0: Yeah, and I I like, you know, somebody that came back very well in recent times was Ward, who took – Essentially, three fights before he went to, tr- to go to that top level, and I think people were very impatient um, you know waiting for war to get there, but I think he did it right and, and I think fury needs at least those three fights to do the same you need you know your first fight is just to remember to get hit you know and, and remember to you know what it feels like to be in there and and your second fight then you could start you know you could start adding things Back into the mix you know my conditioning is there my um and then by the third fight you know you're really trying to like perfect what you're trying to do and 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 i i think Fury's going to need at least three or four fights if he wants to make a serious
1: run Uh, agreed agreed I, i will also say this as well i think the heavyweight division needs him we need we need him in boxing period he's a character a very funny character very uh very energetic guy when he's on he's on he's a very um Entertaining guy to watch and hear just just talk shit. I mean, he just he's entertaining, and he's good for the sport of boxing from that aspect. Uh, and the heavyweight division, let's face it, it does, it's not the deepest of all divisions there is. So anytime you can get a guy with some skills there in that division who can be competitive and can make good fights, uh, we need that. And, and speaking of which, there has been announced that uh, a former titleist, Joseph Parker, will now face Brian Jennings. And if I believe I'm correct, that's going to be uh, August 18th in Atlantic City. If I'm really well, serves me correct,
0: I don't know. That was announced today. There was a Dillian White, uh, Ortiz fight that is announced today. I'm now told that neither of them are confirmed. So no. let's hold off. On, let's let's hold off on both of those um, because there's still some there's still some jockeying going on right now.
1: Which uh, which you know all, both bouts would be extremely competitive and good fights. Uh, for all yep. parties involved, but, again, this is when boxing becomes boxing. Uh, news gets leaked. People are like, no, that fight's not really happening. No, take it back. So, we'll, we'll, boxing. we'll, we'll see. Yep. Now, as we're still waiting on our, our guest, Joe DiGuardia, to join us, uh, we might as well get into the uh, other fight, other big fight here this weekend. And, obviously, we got fight cards here tonight from uh, 360 Boxing, which we'll talk about here in a few moments, and uh, um, Golden Boy here on Friday. But, uh Saturday. We have a card on Showtime, Adam, and it seems like most boxing fans don't care. I mean, I've never really seen this lack of buzz for a Showtime card like this, and here we are days away, and really no one seems to care.
0: Well, you don't remember Showtime four or five or six years ago where they had put all sorts of cards that nobody cared about on. So, I mean –
1: That was a little – they've tried – they've really tried and made better matchups last couple of years, you know, over the recent years, you know, especially over the last, say, year and a half, this is one of those cars to where it just has no life whatsoever, whether it be people in L.A. buying tickets or people wanting to watch it on TV. It just seems this car has no buzz or energy about it.
0: Well, the whole marketing behind it is there's unfinished business. That's what Showtime said. I'm like, no, it isn't. Uh, (laughs) There's no unfinished business. Santa Cruz won a clear decision um, in my eyes Um, and in most people's eyes, he, he beat Abner Morris. He probably won eight or nine rounds. Legit Morris had a couple of good early rounds and then Santa Cruz controlled him. And that was that, I mean, this smacks of whatever reason, they didn't want to put the third Santa Cruz, uh, Frampton fight together, they owed Mars a big fight for some reason. I mean, this fight has been rumored for a year and a half. This rematch that nobody particularly wants or cares about. Um, you know, Gary Russell's in this division, but nobody wants to wait around for the once a year he wants to fight. So it's just it's just a marking time scenario. This fight, I'm more excited about the undercard, uh, which has Dermel Charlo against Austin Trout and uh, Trout did very well against Jamal Charlo a few years ago. Uh, Trout has also been knocked out since then. So I think that could be a very interesting fight. I, I love me some Charlo. I like to watch the Charlo brothers. They're a lot of fun. They're great for the sport. Um, I don't know why. Here, here's something so weird, Brandon. As much buzz as the Charlos have gotten, they have yet to headline a show on Showtime. Is that crazy? As exciting as they've been, they have yet to be headliners. I- amazing. That
1: just seems like that just seems like somebody's not doing their due diligence because there's zero reason in the world at this juncture, uh, both of them being titleists or, or title challengers, they shouldn't headline a card. It, ju- it just doesn't make any sense. They should be headlining a card. They should be doing what they're doing with Errol Spencer at the, the end of this month. They should be headlining a card uh, in Texas. They can flip a coin on which one is the main event, but they should both be on the card, or if you want to split them up, Split them up. Have one fighting one month, and the other the next month. But there's zero reason at this juncture of their career, their popularity uh, amongst boxing fans, that they shouldn't be headlining a card and having one in Texas, at that matter.
0: Yeah, and those and those the Charlo brothers are two of the fighters that Eddie Hearn has contacted for his new venture to Zone D A Z N, and um, it'll be very interesting to see. You know, they've admitted that they've that, that Hearn has reached out to them. Um, it'll be really interesting to see if they will go in that direction because I know that they weren't fully satisfied with how their career was being handled um part of that is what I had just recently said that neither of them has headlined yet um you know they're in their- they're in their peak and their prime and they can't fight at home they're not headlining are they really maximizing their value at this point in time so I think those will be some fascinating uh um things to observe to see which fighters go to the zone, but the Charlos in particular are two that I, I think, you know, Eddie Hearns making a big play for.
1: Well then also as well they um they admitted that they've also been contacted by uh, Bob Arum in top rank. Which yeah, that surprised you me. know is yeah. very interesting. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I see you Bob. I I see you trying to be sneaky.
0: Yeah. Um so let's go back up to the uh, let's go back up to the main event card, and I'm sorry if I took you off the flow, but um, <laughs> I, I, how do you see the rematch between Santa Cruz and Abner Mars playing out?
1: You know, I've tweeted this out several times that the fights have been made, and I actually haven't watched the went back and watched the first fight. I don't remember the first fight, and, and I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be sarcastic in any way, shape, or form. I literally do not remember the first fight to where it was, you know, obviously it must not have been that great of a fight to where I'm saying, hey, these guys need to have a rematch. They've had fights in between. You know, I I hate the immediate rematch, but they both had fights in between, very few in between, but they've had fights in between their first fight, and I don't remember the first one. I don't, and I don't know how this is going to play out. Um, Honestly, I haven't been real – um, enthused with the way Leo Santa Cruz has looked the last few years, uh, yet alone his you know recent bouts, I've been really enthused by that. It seems like his killer instinct that he once had uh, when he was you know an up and coming fighter is is been gone. Uh, you know the Frampton fights were entertaining, but you know beyond that, you know last two to three years, I, I'm just not gung ho about what I'm seeing from Abner Morris. I mean, excuse, excuse me, from Leo Santa Cruz from Morris's aspect. You know, Morris is another guy who hasn't been as active as he should be, uh, a young guy who should be more active, uh, should be getting more fights. But I think a lot of that he set on the shelf thinking uh, they were going to have this rematch and things getting delayed and not happening. You know, I, I don't know how this is going to play out compared to the first. Uh, honestly, Santa Cruz should win. I think on, on paper he's the more skilled fighter. I think he should just use the jab, keep his distance, and just work that way. I think he'll be able to get the job done. Uh but this isn't a fight that I'm just, you know, overly and eagerly excited about watching because again the first one obviously didn't make that much of an impact in my life as far as boxing goes to where I'm going to stop what I'm doing to watch this on Saturday night. Uh
0: I think um Santa Cruz wins a fairly obvious unanimous decision. You know, something like nine to three, one seventeen, one eleven, where, you know, Maris maybe has a couple good rounds here or there, but I think uh, Santa Cruz has physical dimensions that are um, especially the height and reach, and he has some boxing ability that I I just don't think Maris can solve. I don't think Maris is going to be able to uh, get a knockout here. Uh, So I'm looking for uh, a kind of pedestrian, workmanlike is probably the better word, workmanlike performance from Santa Cruz, 117, 111.
1: Now, to kind of go back a little bit, like we were saying here in regards to the, the co-main of the night, Austin Trout versus Charlo, um, how in the world does Austin Trout keep getting title fights? It's, it's, it's yeah. like he just keeps keeps getting them, um, you yep. know, cre- uh, credit to him and to whoever's doing his management for him and helping him get these things together. And I was interviewing him before the uh, the Jared Hurd fight. It was more of the lines he was, you know, pissed because he was sitting on the shelf and not getting fights. Now he's had two title fights you know, in a year span, so uh, more power to him now. I don't think his this fight against this Charlo is going to be any different than he fought the first Charlo. Uh, I think he's going to lose. I don't think he's going to get knocked out, but I do think uh, he'll lose unanimous decision by a pretty wide gap. Um, these guys are just younger, sharper, more powerful than what Austin Trout is right now at this juncture of his career, but uh, I like Charlo for the win, unanimous decision. Over Trout, who gets yet another title fight somehow. Uh, I'm thinking this should be the last one he gets, but stranger things have happened in boxing, and he does have Al Hammond behind him. But uh, I think this is his last go as being uh, having an opportunity to fight for a major championship at this level and at this time in his career.
0: You know, what's fascinating is um, Austin Trout did really well against Jamal Charlo, uh, like, did very well. And I thought that he some he snuck it at the end and he won I had him actually winning that fight seven five and and very few people had Trout doing as well as I did. But, you know, Charlo was so dominant in the first few rounds of the fight that I think people just assumed the rest of the fight was going to be that way. And suddenly by rounds nine and ten, people are like, Hey, Trout's doing really well here Well, I thought he had been doing very well the second half of the fight. So what does that mean? I think that means that, and we saw this um, uh, Carlo having a problem with what John Jackson, uh, where he was losing badly before he got a knockout. Um, I think the charlos can be susceptible to boxers, to be honest, even though they are boxers themselves. Um, I think they're guys that are kind of like waiting for people to make mistakes, and they can really pounce on that. But uh, I think if they're Technically sound people, it's, it's more challenging. Um, I I agree with you that I think um, Jermel, uh, Jermel wins unanimous decision, but I think there will be moments where they won't that where he won't look that good. I think I think Trout could get in and out, get in and out a little bit and confuse him a little bit. Use the right hook, I think, could be a weapon. Um, I I don't think it's going to be a whitewash by any stretch. You know, I think. I may go another like 117, 111 there. I don't, I mean, do you, do you see 120, 108? Do you see it like that? I
1: don't see it like that. I think Trout can probably get some early rounds in. I think it'll be more of you know Trout getting three rounds to Charlo's nine, um, maybe yeah. eight four will probably be the, the the most that I think he'll be able to close the gap. And I think it's going to be early on and maybe him sneaking around in late as he tries to make a push, knowing he's down on the cards. Uh, but like you said, he is a, he's he's a crafty guy. He's a boxer, but uh, he has been been a little bit susceptible. Um, you know the Jared Hurd fight, he was doing well early, which is yeah. kind of a, a running. It's almost like a running gag here with uh, Jared Hurd Fights where fighters are doing good against him early, and then, boom, he just cracks the whip and knocks him out. So, yep. I, you know, I, I kind of I can't use that too much as an example, but uh, when you look at a guy like Trout who's been knocked out, uh, he you know, he's over the age of 30, you got to wonder a little bit. We know those Charlotte brothers, they can crack, man. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's going to be the, probably the fight of the night there on Showtime. Uh, compared to the main event, I think that's going to be a lot more competitive. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see uh, and watch that and plus Saturday they're, night. And plus,
0: the, yeah, they're, plus they're, Charles are a lot of fun to, to listen to and watch. So you know, I'm excited about that. And uh, you know, they need their new re- they need a reality show. They need their own TV show. They need a lot more TV time. So anytime they're on, I'm excited.
1: Well, funny story. In reg- if you say that in regards to reality show, they actually were tapped to, to be on a reality show, and the show had actually filmed. It uh, was going to be called Love and Hip Hop Houston. For those listeners who are familiar with the Love and Hip Hop series, they have shows in Hollywood, New York, and Miami. Well, they started filming one in Houston. The Charlo brothers were going to be a part of, and some of the women in their life were, I guess, uh, uh, filming. And some of the women who are part of the show ended up pulling out guns while it was being filmed at a establishment. And VH1 pulled the plug and said, nope, this is a little bit too crazy for us, we're out. So the Charlo brothers were actually scheduled uh, to be on a reality show. So we need to get them booked on another show. We need to get somebody in development uh, and creative staff over there in VH1. Get them a show. ESPN Plus, you need content. Get them guys a show, man.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Now, the rest of the undercard is really not much of anything, uh, truth be told. Uh, Ivan Radchek is going to be on the undercard against Brian Jones. Uh, beyond that, it's a lot of names that I have truly and honestly never heard of. Uh, it Looks like Leo Santa Cruz's brother uh, Antonio Santa Cruz is going to be on the card uh, as well.
0: Um, you have a couple of so, yeah. um, there's a couple of Richard uh, Schaefer's younger pro- uh, prospects on the card. I believe uh, Carlos uh, Balderas is on the card. Is he on? Uh, he's a former Olympian yes. uh, who's one of uh, you know Nico Hernandez. No, I don't know if Nico Hernandez. Is on. I know Carlos Balderas is on it, but. So Richard Schaefer is the quote unquote lead promoter wink wink uh frisk and uh so he he's putting a couple of his prospects that are starting out they're they're kind of on the uh, deep on the undercard there.
1: You know for Richard Schaefer to talk all the shit that he talks about of the promoters um that seems like is doing a lot of big things.
0: Yeah, has <laughs> been doing much, you know, and that, and that's the irony of it. Uh, uh You know, I don't you know, I don't, there's a golden rule, like you know, you're not you're not supposed to say anything if you don't have anything nice to say. I don't I don't have a lot of nice things to say about him, so I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I just don't. I just, I, I'm I not understand. gonna say anymore, but I just I just don't. You know.
1: Which we, so. we'll segue into this because I we we don't know where Joe DeGuardia is at. Um, I've heard anything back from his people, so I have no idea. So, so be it. we'll just continue so the show. It. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Richard Schaefer, let's talk about a company he used to work for, Golden Boy. Uh, they have a card here on Friday night on ESPN. I actually think it's going to be tape delayed, unfortunately, for us. Uh, but it's going to be a card here on ESPN, uh, I think regular ESPN. Uh, Diego de la Jolla is a guy they're high on because not only does he have the last name of uh, somebody who works for the company, uh, but he's he actually showing, uh, he's really showing a lot of improvement, truth be told, over the last couple of fights uh, that I've seen him in. Uh, he's going to be challenging for another, I think, uh, an alphabet title of some sorts uh, to really kind of give himself pushed in the rankings. Uh, what is your overall take on, you know, the growth and the development of Diego De La Hoya, especially the last year and a half?
0: Um, I think there is a little less than meets the eye here. And uh, I, I think of him similarly as I think, as I thought of Joseph Diaz, JoJo Diaz, where I think Golden Boy is hyping up these guys because they have nobody else. So they have slots still, they ha- have TV stations, they have buzz. And Joseph was an Olympian. I'm, I don't want to say like he's garbage. He's fine. Um, I just don't. I I don't see it from Delahoya. Um, luckily, 122 is not an amazing division right now. So maybe he can somehow get a belt somewhere like. Unfortunately for Diaz, he's at 126, which is just a lot stronger right now. Um, he's okay. I, you know, he has nine knockouts and 20 fights. I think I saw. Um, he throws a decent left hook. Like he doesn't have real power. Uh, he's a, a good athlete, but I wouldn't say great. I mean, he's he's okay. You know, Brandon. I, I just, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying he's awful. I just he's all right. I I, I don't get excited about him. I think. Ultimately, he's one of these B plus A minus fighters who, if things break right, can win a title or, you know, he gets really close. Who, who go on that world level and kind of like plateau. I just, I just don't see him being anything exceptional at any point.
1: You know, at twenty three, I, I, I see where you're coming from, and I, you know, I agree. You know, to an extent, I don't know if he's ever going to be a world beater. Uh, per se, but I, I also think that he may still have some growth and some room to improve. You know, I, I don't think he's going to really meet his peak uh, to where he's going to be what he is, what he is, until he's maybe 25, 26. And I think they're doing the proper thing and they're not throwing him in there completely with the Wolves. They're they're building and doing a slow burn. I, and, you know, and, and Roberto Diaz said last week, you know, that's kind of the plan with uh, some of the fighters they have. You know, they're going to test them. They're going to see where they're at. And then just see, you know, where they're at and where they need to improve before they throw them in there with the Wolves. You know, he said the same thing uh in regards to Ryan Garcia. They're not willing to do that quite yet because they saw what he did against uh Jason uh Valdez um, last month and just weren't all that excited about what, what they saw. Uh it's kind of the same thing here with uh Diego. I think, you know, if Diego looks good here this week, you know, there's a chance he's gonna have a major step up. His next fight out so I think they're smart with what they're doing because like you said they they need stars they need faces of the company to help push the company because Canelo's not going to be here forever um you know granted he's still young but uh you you can't always bank on him you know you have to have other stars that you can promote and you can use to help uh sell your cards and and be major uh players in boxing and that's something the golden boy still needs Uh, They lack that right now with only having that one major star a part of the company. So I I think they're going to continue to do what they're doing with Dave LaHoya now. Uh, The fight he's going to have here on Friday night uh, is for a NABF Super Bantamweight Championship and also the WBA NABO Super Bantamweight title. Wow, there's a lot of letters there. Uh, This is going to be a part of that. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But it looks like, Adam, we do have a caller calling in here now. So we'll bring him on and see, uh, see who's calling in.
0: I think it's our, I think it's our friend, Augustin, uh, Augustin Juarez. So let's see. Hey, well All right. You're live on
1: you Space Radio. What's going on? Adam, Brandon, how you guys doing? Good. How are All
0: you, right, Augustin?
1: Man? Hey, I'm doing good. I, I just, um, I just called in right now. I wasn't listening to the show, but, um, I don't know if you guys had already t- touched the subject, um, uh, the Golovkin getting
0: stirred by the IBF. Yeah, we uh, we definitely talked about it a little earlier, and uh, our take on it was, you know, everybody was acting in their best interests. Um, essentially, um, you know, Golovkin made a point of going in a direction where he could make the most money, whether that's Canelo or somebody else. The IBF okay. had to take care of their. Champion uh, in waiting, our their, their, their top ranked contender, which is Derevchenko. I think everybody that's acted according to plan.
1: That's what, I, that's what I was wondering about. So I know Derevchenko is um, he, he's in line, but what, who's the next following? Who will be fighting for a vacant title? Well, you know, that's what there's a...
0: There's all sorts of politics, of course. Uh, the, the person ranked below him is Demi Jacobs. Uh, Jacobs is in the same gym as Derevchenko. Uh, below that is uh, Charlo. Maybe that fight gets made, but there's so many different options right now that it's tough to know right off the bat predict how this is all going to play out. Okay. Well, that opens up a
1: lot of options for everyone. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jacobs, could... I'm also hearing noise about
2: Jacobs fighting Canelo. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen, but if
1: Jacobs can get a hold of, of the idea title, then uh, he's going to become a major player in 160. So things are going to be very interesting.
0: Yeah. Division is definitely okay, opening up. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling yeah. in, Augustus. Appreciate
1: it. All right. All right, Brandon. All right, um Take care. I appreciate uh, you, man. I'll make sure to uh, start to listening to the show a little bit earlier. Uh, no worries, man. No worries, man. I appreciate the support and the love, man. All right, man. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
1: So we we have good people listening to the show. You know, he he's also a loyal uh, contributor, also on uh, Saturday Night Live Boxing's uh, Facebook page. So, fans, if you're listening to the show, want to talk boxing, join the page that I'm help create. SN boxing on Facebook. Uh, you know, that's that's his branch out. You know, we want to make sure we keep it co- clean. Please keep it clean. I can't trust that enough because <laughs> we get some wild stuff we see on there, Adam. It's a lot we do. We, we have some
0: we have some fun. We have a lot of fun. Yeah, we have a lot of fun there too. But but yes. Uh we try <laughs> we try and uh, uh I'll say somewhere between uh you know we, we we try. We don't always succeed. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah
1: it's 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 all in good fun. So um you know in regards to this kind of cap off here this Go Boy card on uh Friday night um I think I just completely lost my train of thought who was all going to be on there um do 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 uh, Keith Sims Jr. is maybe another name some fight fans will be familiar with. Uh, he's going to be fighting on the card. Uh, Travell Maison is another guy that I know that they're excited about. Uh, he's going to be facing da- Daquan Arquette, uh, the super welterweight division. So there are some young talent that they do have there at Golden Boy. Um, that they just need they need opportunity, they need fights to be seen uh, to kind of build up some buzz and get some names about themselves. So you know, I, I, like I said when I had Mr. Diaz on the show last week, it's nothing but love for Golden Boy. I have no problem with them, have no beef with them. I'm not going to go out of my way to bash him by no stretch. Hell, I've given Golden Boy a lot of my damn money over the course of the last five years. I mean, a lot of it. Uh, case in point, Chavez, Canelo last year, which I'm still bitter about. But that's not their fault. I've given them a lot of money, so I have no problem with Golden Boy. Uh, I just wish them the best in regards to building some of these young fighters up.
0: Yeah. Well, I hear it. Um, they, You know, their stable is very weak right now,
1: and uh, –
0: I think a lot of guys that they thought were going to materialize like the, uh, Antonio Orozco's, Ronnie Rios's, um, uh, even, even Diaz. I, you know, I, I think a couple of the guys that they thought maybe Abraham Lopez, there were a few of these guys that I think they were going to be, you know, at that, at that title level where they could get belts and, and, you know, sometimes prospects don't turn out the way that you think, or, um, and that happens, and so I, I think their stable's thin. Um, they obviously have Ryan Lopez, who's a uh, Ryan, sorry, Ryan Garcia, who's a uh, exciting talent and starting to sell some tickets. But they they need to get some more people. I mean, they that first wave after Schaefer left and left Gar, uh, you know, Delahoya to their to themselves hasn't really materialized. Their first wave of prospects, so. They're going to need some more. They're going to need to, you know, they're going to need to build some buzz. They're going to need to because Canelo really only has one fighter right now that's driving um, attention, buzz, profits for that company. And so um, they need more.
1: Now, I'm going to ask you something. You know, we we, we see things on social media, and we kind of don't know what to think of them. But I saw this last night. Uh one Javante Davis, who seems to be well let's just say unhappy, it's <laughs> probably the best way of saying it. Uh, with yeah, that's the situation, fair. his promoter with uh Mayweather promotions. Uh he tweeted out, I see somebody, I heard somebody made a big offer for me. Now, prior to that tweet, he had tweeted a retweet of something from Eddie Hearn. Now, I'm I'm just putting two and two together. I'm not a you know, again, I don't know anything anyone else knows, but do you see maybe Eddie Hearn if him needing fighters and you know speaking of gold boy needing fighters, do you see that being a route that Hearn may just try to not only go after guys who are promotional free agents quote unquote but maybe you've seen if he can buy guys out of their contracts or working side deals to get guys out of the contracts um,
0: completely I think to
1: tell Bill that
0: I mean completely I think he has to do that I think Javante davis if he's if he's if he can get him either either davis is or, or has one more fight on his contract or has a promotional contract. He's exactly the type of fighter that e. Hearn needs to get. He already has a buzz about him. He has a big following. The hardcore box people know who he is, and the guy can fight. So uh, I'm not here to, to call him a fire boy and to tell you he's an amazing person in life necessarily. Not that I am either. But... Um, you know, that's exactly the type of fire that Hearns should be going for. So that doesn't surprise me in, in the least.
1: Yeah, I just saw that. And I was like, huh, okay, well, go figure. Now, kind of speaking, and it may be in the same light, the same division as Javante Davis, uh, you know, kudos to Tevin Farmer, who's actually going to go down to Australia uh, later this summer to fight, face Billy Dib for a vacant championship, uh, the belt that he kind of got jerked out of uh, in a fight here, uh, was it late last year? Uh, yeah. You know, shout-out to Tevin Farmer for that. You know, he's willing to go down to Australia where Billy Dibb is actually a good fighter in Australia. Go figure. Um, he looked very human when he was fighting here in America when he was promoted by 50 cents. Maybe that could have something to do with it. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, Tevin Farmer's willing to go literally halfway around the world to, to chase his championship dreams. And I just want to give him a shout-out and say kudos to him for that because that takes a lot of balls because knowing you're, you're not only going to against the fighter – You're going against a whole country. And like I said, we know Billy did for whatever reason when he was fighting down there. was next impossible to beat. So, you know, best of luck to Tevin Farmer here when he fights here in a couple of months down in Australia.
0: Yeah, uh, and of course, you know, Tevin Farmer doesn't really knock anybody out. So he has to dominate guys and hope that he gets the decision. I mean, I thought he did really well last fight. I think I had him winning nine rounds, and somehow the judges had him losing the fight. So with his style, you know, he, he, he's a Philly fighter for good or for bad. You know, he's tough, but he, he boxes on the outside. He, he goes backwards a lot. He dances, you know, instead of, uh, um, he's a smart boxer, but not everybody, especially judges always appreciate that type of fighter. He doesn't really hurt people. And, um, so you're really at the mercy of the judges in that style. I, I hope, I think he should win, but um, you never know. I I, I think he should win that one.
1: All right, Adam, I think our guest is actually calling in here now, so we're going to bring him on. So, area code 718, you're live here on punch the face Radio. Hello? Hello, uh,
2: punch the face Radio. No, it's Joe DeGuardia. Oh, hey, Joe, how are you? I'm doing well, thank
1: you. Well, Joe, you got a, a big show here coming out on, a, on Friday. So uh, we appreciate you taking our time with us because we know you're busy right now. Uh, Rockin' Fights 31, that's at the Paramount in Huntington, New York. Uh, fans, if they want to get some tickets because there's still a few available, uh, starboxing.com will get you your ticket information as well as ticketmaster.com. Uh, so with it being, you know, 48 hours here before the fight, uh, as a promoter, Joe, what, what what's going on in your head? What are you working on? What last-minute fires are you having to put out here before the weigh-ins tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning?
2: Uh, the fires are always there. I feel like a fireman. Right.
1: So,
2: I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. But, um, you know, most of the stuff is just handling demands for tickets and, you know, people that are looking to get certain types of seats or get in there, get into the fight or, you know, um, who wants to come, what guests are looking to come,
1: things like that. It's all, it's well, all good. To, well, well, that's good. I mean, it doesn't sound like there's no uh, major issues right now, so that, that's always a good thing. You know, as long as there's no major issues 48 hours before the fight, that that's always a good thing. But you've been in this business here 20-plus years, and you've seen a lot of things uh, that have gone on in and out of boxing. What has helped you, you know, stay in this sport and continue to want to build on star boxing Uh, throughout this time frame
2: well you know look the the sports in my blood i grew up in it my father was a fighter my uncle was a fighter i boxed my whole way through you know from being a kid to school to you know the golden gloves and law school and everything else so you know it's it's literally in my blood i love the sport and you know that's why i do it i'm um you know obviously it's a it's a difficult sport from a business perspective i like being in the ring much more than I like sitting at ringside and being out of the ring. <laughs> but uh, but I love the sport. So when you like something, you got a passion for it, you keep doing it.
0: Joe, this is uh, Adam Abramowitz. How are you? Um, Good, Adam. How are you? Doing well. Um, so you d- you've done a lot of shows over the years in New York. There was the legislation that changed for the medical insurance and premiums, and some promoters have left the state to go other places as someone that does a lot of club fights. Can you tell us, and who continues to promote in New York, tell us how the landscape has changed and how that made your job, um, either tougher or easier, uh, maybe competition now, but can you tell us about how your job has changed because of the new legislation that passed?
2: Look, I mean, it's much more difficult. We, we don't put in um, the same number of fights on on a New York fight card as we did in the past. If you'll see our show uh, Friday night, there'll only be five fights on the card. Whereas when we're doing our show on June 30th at uh, Mohegan, we have nine fights on the card. And the difference is it just costs too much money to add extra fights to the card. So it affects, you know, what the fans are getting. It affects, you know, us being able to put more fights on and it affects fighters being able to get, you know, more action. Um, and obviously, you know, from a competition standpoint, you know, frankly, I'd rather have the competition. I'd rather more people be promoting shows and I'd rather my, the other promoters, whether they be competitors or whatever they might be, I'd rather them, you know, doing shows and, and having action because the more action, the better it is for the sport, the better it is for the fans and the better it is for the fighters. Um, you know, when you have, when you have active fighters, there's more fighters to pull from and more activity. So it's a shame right now that, you know, New York is not, uh, you know, promoting that the other promoters aren't able to promote in New York. And I get it. You know, it's, it's difficult for us. We've cut back on the number of shows we do. We cut back on the number of fights we do for a show. Um, you know, we're heavily vested in New York. We, you know, got a lot of success in New York. But the reality is it's this new legislation that's been now for two years has been hurting boxing in New York. Uh, dramatically, and you know, I, I would I would rather see my competitors being able to promote fights, but they're not.
0: Right, that's a very interesting answer. Um, along those lines, you know, you're somebody that's uh, that's found Joe Smith, you had found Chris Algieri. Um, tell us about the state of the younger talent, either in Long Island or you know, in the outer boroughs of New York. Um, Tell us about the boxing scene in terms of the fighters you're focusing on and concentrating right now.
2: Well, look, I mean, uh, obviously we're we're interested in developing local talent. It's been our strength uh, over the years, and we've been fortunate in being able to consistently develop uh, fighters on the local circuit. You know, I think on Friday night we're going to see a bunch of guys that we're developing and looking forward to for the future. I mean, Tyrone James, uh, jumps out as being one of them. He's a 7-0 and kid from out in Elmont. Um, brings a big following and now has become like the next uh, up-and-coming guy from the Paramount. Um, we got uh, Johnny Hernandez on the card who's, you know, look, he's uh, an 8-3 and fighter, but he's exciting and he's local and he comes from Huntington and, you know, he's got that kind of style people want to see. He's got a nice little charisma to him. Uh, Michael Stout, we have uh, on the card who's a featherweight fighting another undefeated kid, uh, Andrew Strode. So um, you know we got one of them is three and O, the other is four and O. Again, local guys that uh, you know he's a stone throw away from uh, Huntington as well, and they're local guys that we think have um, you know a bright future that we're going to be working on
1: developing.
0: Now that sounds great. No,
1: For- that you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Adam.
0: No, I know that there was a fighter in particular that you wanted to ask a question about, Brandon. So I just wanted to make sure you got that out while Joe was still on.
1: Well, well, you know, we do want to mention because you know, Joe, um, Joe did say in regards to their fight card they have later this month on June 30th, uh, the return of uh, Joseph Smith Jr. Now it, it's been some time uh, since he's been out of the ring. You know, he suffered an injury uh, when he fought Sullivan Barrera. Uh, how important is it not only for Joe to get back in the ring and obviously get active and get, you know, acclimated being back in the ring. But how important is it for you as a promoter to have him come back and, you know, completely spark his opponent and get that buzz building back up for his name? Because, you know, since the last time Joe fought, it's been a lot of uh, changes in the light heavyweight landscape.
2: Oh, look, the light heavyweight division is hot. Um, there's a, there's a lot of activity. There's certainly a lot of changes. Um, and obviously, you know, we, we're gunning for the biggest fights out there for him. So, you know, we got this fight for him to get by. He's just been in a, um, you know, this will be his first fight back. Um, but I'm really pleased on, uh, where I, where I'm seeing Joe headed and, you know, he's got his head in the right direction and I think things are going to be nice. Um, I'm hoping for a major title fight for him in the fall if he comes through, as I expect he will come through on June 30th. But great landscape in that light heavyweight division between Stevenson and now Badu Jack and, and uh, Kovalev still there. I mean, the doors are wide open there.
0: Yeah, it's very good. And, Joe, while we have you on the phone, we have to ask um, about a fighter that you co-promote. And, I, and I'll ask this question as a boxing fan. Boxing fans really enjoy a lot of them Really enjoy watching Demetrius Andre. Boxing fans are very frustrated that he's not in the ring a lot. Um, what can you say to boxing fans about his activity level and what can you tell us about what's the next step for him?
2: Look, the next step is for him to get back in the ring, which is what he has to do. Um, you know, we want him to, to be back in that ring. We have something we're, you know, hopefully going to be able to announce next week for his next fight. Uh, But, um, you know, it's our hope that he gets right back in there also. You know, it's unfortunate. A lot of guys don't want to get in the ring with
0: him. Yeah. Uh, Because I know that there was the fight with Darvin which was on and then off, and that never happened. Um, You know, clearly with all the opportunities available at 160 right now, uh, Andre, if he wants to stay active, you know, the, the opportunity seems to be there for him. If he puts, you know, if he has a good next 12, 18 months, I mean, you know, he could be talking about a really different trajectory for his career. Um, I'm sure he's aware of it, but what are, can you kind of talk about your your conversations that you had with him about, you know, his future, what he expects from himself? Uh, What can you tell us about, you know, what his, his state of mind is when you've had the ability to talk with him?
2: Well, look, you know, I don't want to get into his state of mind and and, and those details uh, right now. I mean, I, I, I have a fight we're working on for him, and until that gets announced, you know, we could start moving in that area. The reality yeah. is that, you know, um, Demetrius has got all the talent in the world. He's one of the most talented fighters I've seen. Uh, I think he's got a huge potential, a huge upside. I think that the 160-pound division is, you know, one of the hottest divisions in the sport. Uh, you look at the light heavyweight division, which is hot, well, so is the, the uh, middleweight division. You got stars in the division between Canelo and Triple G. And you know, when you look at the other guys that are there, you know, uh, Demetrius, Charlo. Uh, you know, you got a, you got a whole list of. Got Danny Jacobs is there. You got um, Saunders out in England. You know, there's some big names in that division and some mega fights that can be made. And certainly they're going to end up being made. I mean, the reality is that, you know, timing is everything in boxing. Windows open, windows shut. And you've got to take advantage of when those windows are open and when those doors are open. And I think we're going to have uh, some nice wide-open doors and windows for Demetrius uh, in the near future. And, you know, that, you know, I think he's got the talent to take advantage of all of them.
0: Great.
1: Well, Absolutely. And again, uh, this Friday night, Rockin' Fights 31 at the Paramount there up in New York. Uh, Danny Gonzalez versus Justin Salvi, a junior welterweight division. Again, for ticket information, go to starboxing.com and as well as ticketmaster.com. Uh, and then again, later this month, and we, uh, we're sk- having planned to come on the show next week, Joe Smith Jr. makes his return June 30th uh, from the Mohegan Sun. And also uh, Kelly Reese is going to be making a quick return back to the ring after fighting here last month on HBO. So uh, big things ahead here for Star Boxing. And Joe DeGuardia, man, we appreciate you taking our time and, and uh, telling us what's going on with Star Boxing.
2: Oh, well, look, you know, we're, we're busy. We've got a lot of activity. Um, I'm, I'm pleased about Friday night. I love being at the Paramount in Huntington, Long Island. It's probably the best fight venue in the country. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic place to watch the fights a real action and real, you know, fans that really know the sport. So I love being at the Paramount. Uh, so I'm looking forward to Friday night. I know obviously June 30th and I love the idea. We got Joe Smith coming back. I'm so pleased that Kelly Reese is, um, Kaylee Reese is back on the card. Kaylee is, I mean, she's really something special. She's got a real, you know, a real great background story and, um, you know, she's, she's a warrior, you know, uh, She's actually right now up in, um, you know, we're pleased she's at the Red Sox game uh, in Fenway doing an interview on this uh, fight. Actually, right now it's about the fifth inning, I think, so she should be live right now. Um, Get the same thing, Joe Smith going to be on there tomorrow uh, during the Red Sox game. And, um, you know, great show on uh, June 30th at Mohegan. Uh, That's a loaded stocked card. Uh, And then we have Danny O'Connor coming back July 7th, out and fighting for the title against Ramirez on ESPN. Um, You know, I'm about to hopefully announce another July fight for another one of my top guys. Uh, Just a lot of activity, a lot of action, and, you know, just keep rolling.
0: Great. Well, Joe, thank you very much for coming on tonight. Thank you very much for your time. I know we appreciate it.
2: No, I appreciate it from you guys. That's great to have, uh, you know, you guys involved in the sport, the press involved in the sport, the media. You guys are doing a great job, and certainly the fans, because that's what makes
1: everything tick. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Again, that was Joe DeGuardia of Star Boxing. So, again, one more time, I'm going to tell you, starboxing.com. Uh, Find your ticket information for their fight cards they got coming up, and as well, uh, Ticketmaster.com. So if you're in uh, up there uh, Long Island area, get your tickets to Friday night's card, Uh, Mohegan Sun. Mohegan Sun's a really great venue for for combat sports. Period. Whether it be MMA or boxing, Uh, go get your tickets to see Joe Smith Jr. uh, The return of Joe Smith Jr., which I'm looking forward to. Uh, I had him on the show here, Adam, before I think it was two or three weeks before the Hopkins fight. I remember telling him, and his his trainer was on the call as well. I was like, "You're gonna beat this old man up," and they laughed at me. Um, they, they thought, "Oh no, nah, it's gonna be a competitive fight." No, he really went out and beat the old man up. Yeah, and uh, I, I called it. I,
0: I picked that. I picked that fight too, and you know Hopkins was my favorite fighter. It would be like you picking against Cotto, you know, and and I had to do it. I got to tell you something. The funniest thing I remember that week, um, you know, Steve. You know, Steve Bunces, he's the. Uh, English commentator who does uh, boxing for box nation in the UK. Uh-huh. And uh, he was interviewing Joe Smith for the Hopkins fight. And he said, Bernard Hopkins is in a lot of trouble. And uh, he said, because Joe Smith is too dumb to do better. And what he means <laughs> is he, he was too dumb to like fall for any of like Hopkins mind games or tricks or anything like that. He said, Joe Smith is just too dumb to be afraid of Hopkins. And, and saw that. I mean, um, he fought a very courageous fight and, um, wasn't allowing Hopkins to do any of the trickery or fouling. Uh, he was just there to win and get the knockout. And he had, you know, he had some very good momentum in his career. He knocked out Fonfara and looked fantastic doing that. Um, he, he fought with a broken jaw in his last fight. It was 11 rounds. Um, and and against Sullivan Brera. Now the performance wasn't great. He did knock down Brera in the first round, but um you can understand it. I mean, just to go out and fight eleven rounds with a broken jaw, I mean that's that, that shows a lot of toughness and character. However the results of the fight went, uh, that's impressive to me.
1: Yeah, ask Victor Ortiz how fighting with a broke jaw works. Right. Yeah. You can't. So he, he doesn't know he quit. Uh, so shout out to Joe Smith for doing that. So we we do have him tentatively scheduled scheduled to be on the show here next week uh, to talk about his return and um, get his impressions on what the hell's going on here at 175. Now, very interesting there that, that Joe said when we brought up uh, Demetrius Andre that there could be an announcement here next week. W- what do you think direction that'll go? I have zero. If you,
0: I have zero idea now. Maybe it's this long-awaited Dervinchenko fight. Uh, maybe they've been working... You know, HBO had tried to make that at two different times. Um, and now Dervinchenko is going to be the, the leading guy to get the IBF title belt at 160. Maybe there's enough money in play now to make that fight. So that's definitely um, a direction they could go in. Um, to be to be honest, that's the best-case scenario, and that's a very good fight. Um, I, I I don't know if it's somebody else is, is it an HBO fight is it off HBO is it um I don't know but I maybe it is maybe I'm hoping it's the Dervinchenko maybe that's the fight that's going to get made um I I certainly would like to see it it's a good matchup
1: Yeah I I'm completely I I have no idea which direction this will go I'm like you I hope it's the Dervinchenko fight that's the fight that makes the most sense um with Andre, man, it, it, we just need to see him fight. Like I don't. It's one of those things. Like I don't care who he fights. It's kind of the same, kind of the same degree as uh, with Gary Russell Jr. I don't care who he fights. We just need to see him fight. You know, we we can't really be beggars, can't be choosers in some aspects. Uh, when we know a guy has talent, we know he has the skill set. We just want to see him go out and display that, and. We're not seeing that out of Andre. We've got our chance to see it the one time this year for Gary Rosa Jr. So, you know, it, it sounds like it's about time Andre now does his one fight a year. So, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know what? Like definitely paying attention to my emails now from Star Boxing. Come next week, keeping a close eye on that email. To come. I
0: w- I was trying to communicate that to Andre, you know, to, to Joe when he was on the phone. That listen, I can make a, a funny joke. I could talk about bad choices that Andre may have made, you know, so be it. The thing is, I want to see him fight. You know, I'm i with you at this point. Like, yeah, he's probably cost himself millions of dollars. You know, I get that. But you know what? I, I can make a funny joke about it, but at the end of the day, I'd rather see him fight. And and I hope the best for him, you know, and I and I hear what you're saying about Russell Jr. as well, like, they're good talents. Let's see them fight. You know, we've all made jokes, and we're going to make jokes in the future, and so be it. It's fun, but you know what? We just we would rather just see them fight.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, before we wind down here, the show and end tonight, we do appreciate Joe from uh, Joe DeGuardia of Star Boxing joining us. Um, we do have, as this show will end. I'm not trying to segue because I don't, I'm don't. i not getting any money from them, and they're not associated with Punch the Face Radio in any way. But, hey, if they want to be, they're more than welcome. Uh, our, our friends Tom Leffler and the people at 360 Boxing are putting on a Hollywood Fight Night card. Uh, that'll be, be able to stream there through their website or their YouTube channel. I'll get everybody the link. So if you're listening to the show, I'll get you the link here once the show is out. I'm actually going to stay up past my curfew because these fights are in Los Angeles. Uh, they will start later. Uh, for us who are on the East Coast and the Midwest. Uh, but, you know, I do want to see it. It is uh, a uh, the feature fighter of the night is Denis Shavakov. Uh, he's in the main event. I think it's only a handful of fights. So you don't have to worry about being up terribly late, uh, but uh, they actually do put on, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a club fight. Uh, you know, Tom is trying to build and, and um, showcase some of these prospects uh, that he's working with. So, I'm interested. Tom's a friend of the show, so I support what he's doing right now. So, uh, make sure that if you're following me on Twitter, Brandon P2TF. Here live after the show ends, I will be tweeting out the link uh, for all of us to watch uh, 360 Boxing's uh, card here from Hollywood. Well, what do you think of that, Adam? What do you think of uh, you know Tom the You know them streaming them actually just streaming it directly through their uh, website. I think I think last time I watched it through their Facebook page. Um, you know, with him trying to build his brand and, and trying to find these young fighters. Uh, what do you think of, you know, how that's kind of running so far now for 360 uh, boxing?
0: Yeah, I mean, Tom, Tom is very talented. One of the things that has impressed me is, um, you know, when he was with K2, he didn't have a lot of fighters, but he really seemed to identify good talent. So you had, you had the Klitschkos, you had Golovkin, you had Roman Gonzalez, um, you had Usyk. Um, these are people that um, he just – so we need that. We need that in the sport. And if you could take it down to the amateur level, if he has a particular skill of recognizing top fighters, um, not not that he discovered them and not that he – nobody's saying, like, he made Golovkin. Um, Golovkin already was a champion. You know, Roman Gonzalez was a champion. But one of the things that Tom – I think does very well is he understands what plays well in the market. He said, these fighters are going to play well on TV. These fighters are going to make an imprint. And I think more people need to look at it through those lenses. What's going to play well in the marketplace. It's not enough for these people to be, you know, Uber talented and, you know, really fast hands or, you know, whatever they need to be a style that fans are going to gravitate to. So I'm hopefully that Tom takes that same level of expertise that he had in identifying talent, you know, maybe upper talent across the world. And if he can understand, you know, kind of the types of prospects that are going to build followings, Uh, I'm enthusiastic. I will say this though. I don't know where he goes in terms of building up a stable from a TV perspective. He clearly, you know, fighters want to make money at a certain point. And as you said earlier in the show, we don't know if HBO is going to be doing boxing in 12 or 18 months. So let's say Tom Loeffler is developing a good prospect who suddenly is 14-0 and 0 and is ready to take the next step. Where does that guy go? And I think that's a real concern. I'm not saying Tom has to address that today, but I think that's a real issue is promoters of his size and even guys like Joe LaGuardia from star boxing, when you get somebody who's good, where do you go now? Where do you take them? How do you move them and how do you develop them? So I think that's the one big challenge that he has out there.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I agree. And I I think that's where ESPN Plus will need to be successful because I think that's where we're going to see a lot of things land there. Uh, But I wouldn't be shocked if we have another player, and as far as the network television side goes, uh, come into play because if UFC is leaving, is uh, leaving Fox Sports and going to ESPN, uh, you know Fox Sports is going to need something to fill that void. Uh, I don't see them completely getting out of the combat sports game. Uh, granted, they only have a handful of PBC fights here and there, but you know they've done business before with Gold Boy and and had a fight card there, had a fight series. I, I wouldn't be so shocked if somebody ends up getting some sort of deal worked out with them down the line. Uh, NBC Sports Network as well. Uh, Therefore, Stretch, they had fight cards put on by main events. So yeah, I think there's always going to be something out there. Somebody's going to want to take that flyer, uh, maybe do a small investment, and just see if it works. And if it works, you know, maybe sign somebody up long term. But uh, definitely, I, I see where you're coming from in regards to what Tom Leffler and a 360 will be need to do because, let's face it, you know, you can only have these fighters fight on these small shows like they have tonight. And, you know, Triple G is only going to be fighting for so much longer uh, to where you're going to have that platform to showcase those fighters on as well. So um, they'll need to figure out something. But I think he's a little bit a while away from having to really worry about that uh, with some of his top flight fighters. I hear
0: you. I hear you.
1: Um, oh, well, let's, let's one more fight here this weekend before I forget, because they kind of they showboated on me a little bit and didn't want to do the show. Uh, Mike Lee. Uh, fights uh, Jose Hernandez here on CBS Sports Network this weekend. It's for uh, some alphabet title uh, in the light heavyweight division. Uh, Mike Lee, former Notre Dame football player, uh, boxer, I think he's undefeated, but just never has really seemed to to do anything that's of real, I don't want to say importance, but real make a real impact in boxing besides being in subway commercials. Um, <laughs> what do you think of Mike Lee, the boxer?
0: Uh, Mike Lee, the boxer, has done a good job of marketing himself. And, um, you know, Mike Lee, the boxer, has not put himself in very tough fights. So I don't need to care about Mike Lee, the boxer, until he fights somebody that I, that's important. So I've seen Mike Lee before. He's been on undercards that I've been at live. Uh, I know he was with Top Rank for a while. Uh, I don't care. Uh, It's about time he's not a kid. No, seriously, I don't care anymore. He is, you know, he's not 19, all right? He was a college graduate, like, you know, 35 years ago or something. I I mean, seriously, it's like good for him. He's fighting. He's, you know, he's decent looking or he makes money in Chicago, whatever. I don't really care. You know, it's like I'm a, I care about boxing and he's a glorified exhibition fighter and until he fights somebody that I care about, I will just move on to the next guy. That's how that's how I look at it.
1: And I'm just kind of looking at something that's you know, it's kinda of, uh, scrolling through. Did you know there's a PBC card here on June tenth?
0: Is that the, the heavyweight triple header with Gerald Washington and Michael Travis Hunter? Padman. Yeah. Yes, yes, I, I, I am aware of that. Um I mean how could we not be aware of it? I mean, that was one of the most exciting cards. Uh, that was, no, seriously. But it's it really do,
1: seems um, like they're melding it in from a promotional aspect. Like, I honestly am just scrolling through ESPN and seeing what fight cards are coming up, and I see that pops up here for June tenth, and I'm like, well, I be damn, I had no idea about this.
0: The uh, the Hunter fight I like a lot. Um, I gotta tell me who tell me who Michael Hunter's fighting again because I remember liking his opponent a lot. It's, I could go uh, killzag, Killsdig? Oh yeah, uh, Kildazi. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Okay, so he's a guy that uh, that fought um, uh, was Gonaki, um, the uh, Polish fighter that PBC has. Uh, he was on an undercard that I saw. He can fight a little bit, kill Um So I think that against Michael Hunter, who had one fight against at cru- uh, cruiserweight, uh, heavyweight. If you remember, Michael Hunter gave Usyk a pretty good fight for a few rounds and then got demolished mm-hmm. and crushed, and then he went up to heavyweight. So I think that's actually a decent fight. I'm not – listen, I take this, this card, and it would be one of those things where if something's good, I'll wind up watching it. And, I mean, I don't really care about Gerald Washington jabbing somebody for seven or eight rounds. I mean, if, if some of these fights turn out to be good, I will watch. But let's say this is on the, uh, the DVR list.
1: Yeah, it's a Sunday. You know, why not? I don't have much of anything else to do on Sundays with there being no football. Um, I don't you know. I don't think game four of the NBA Finals is on Sunday. If it is, I may watch the Finals instead. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of like you. I, I, I agree there. But it's just kind of want to kind of scroll through anything we forget here because, you know, it'll be a couple weeks before you join us again. Um, so in between time, you know, we will have Earl Spencer Jr. He'll fight here on June 16th. Uh, do you, do you see him, uh, you know, maybe overlooking this opponent because he has been doing some media and been talking to other names here in the welterweight division. Uh, is there any way he's overlooking Carlos, uh, uh, Ope, Ocampo? Opecampo? Opecampo. Yeah.
0: No, uh, I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think he's, uh, uh, I, Earl Spence wants to be busy and is getting his mandatory out of his way. I think you're going to see, uh, uh, a, a smash job here. Demolition work. You know, I think this, I think this fight's over in three rounds. Um, you like weird fights. Here's a weird fight. Adrian Granados is on that undercard against Javier Fortuna. So Granados was just fighting Porter at 147 and, and did okay, you know, didn't win. And then Fortuna was just at 135, going, you know, giving Robert Easter a really tough fight. And now they're moving up to one. You know, they're meeting at 140. Is that a weird fight?
1: Uh, no, it's about right for uh, for Fortuna. Fortuna has issues with weight, so. Yeah, that's about right for him. Uh Granados, that I think one forty is actually more of a natural weight class for him. Uh, so I, I'm I'm okay with it. And I actually think it's gonna be kind of a competitive fight. Uh so I actually look forward to be pretty decent because, you know, Styles make fights in these we know Granados, he's a scrapper. I, I don't think anybody who watches him fight, you pay to watch this guy fight, you're never gonna get cheated. Uh this guy goes balls out and gives it his all. Uh so we'll, I think you'll you'll give Fortuna the all the trouble he can handle. Fortuna will more than likely win because Fortuna is the more skilled of the two, but uh, Granados is going to give him hell. And it may even be a questionable decision that Granados will come on the short end of again.
0: Well, this is one of the few times we will disagree, Brandon, because usually we see eye to eye, but I think Granados will just be too big for Fortuna. And I think he eventually gets a late round knockout. So I like, Mm. I like Granados. I like Granados late you know, eight, nine rounds, something like that, Um, I think the size will be. You know what, also, Fortuna um, had been knocked out before at 130 against Jason Sosa, and that fight's still in the back of my head. Now, I was there for Easter, and Easter's a pretty good puncher at 135. Didn't really hurt Fortuna too much, so maybe I'm making too much out of it, but I I I think Granadas is just a little too physical. And uh, I think as the fight goes on, I think Fortuna will do very well at the beginning. And, and I think eventually uh, the size and, and, and punching power will be too much.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I don't really see any other big fights to kind of talk about here before um, the month is out. Nothing that's jumping totally out at me um, here fight wise, because, uh, you know, time is kind of slow. So we'll have some more things pick up here next month. And Lord knows, uh, what what fights will and won't be made between uh, your next appearance on the show. But and we're going to wrap it up. So with that being stated, Adam, I want you to talk away. Whatever you need to talk about, the stage is yours right now here on the show.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, uh, everything else is uh, is going well. Again, uh, I, I wrote a, an article earlier this week on Eddie Hearn uh, and the DAZN uh, deal and top-ranking ESPN. It's been very well read. <laughs> Uh, talks about their uh, the financial deals, the incentives for the companies, the success, uh, what, what they need to do for success, the challenges that they're facing. Um, uh, so if you could read that, it's on Saturday dot com. Uh, definitely spent a, a lot of time on it. Not that that should concern anybody, but I, I really, um, I mean, it, they're like, well, who cares if you spend a lot of time it sucks, right? Well, I think it's good. I like this one. So anyway, read it. Um, what else? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, SN Boxing. S is in Sam, N is in Nancy. SN Boxing, and also a Facebook group at SN Boxing. You know, everything else is good. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to go to the uh, the Kovalev Alvarez fight in Atlantic City in August, just because uh, it's about an hour from where I live, and I like fights in Atlantic City. So, I don't think this is going to be an amazing card, but. You know, it's a live. It's an hour away, right? It's a, you know, and we all like to see live fights, so uh, I think I'm going to go to that in August. But that's the only, you know, big size fight that's on my calendar right now. It's kind of a, a slow summer on the East Coast.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a slow summer. Period. You know, for boxing. Um, yeah. and I will openly say this. Now, typically, I'm I'm all hyped about you know Mexican Independence Day weekend and. Being out in Vegas, I I have the time put off. I have the time allotted uh, there for my day job, so I I plan on being off. Uh, The problem is, uh, right now, the Vegas hotels are pretty much saying, if you're staying anywhere on the Strip, no matter how crappy the hotel is along the Strip, uh, it's going to cost you at least $900 before the resort fee for a three-night stay. So I'm really hoping the fight that does get made, September 15th, sucks so the hotel room fees can go down. And I can possibly yeah. go out there and watch a fight live because no, I'm not. I'm not giving you close to thousand dollars uh, to stay yeah. in a crappy hotel along the strip.
0: So I gotta tell you, yeah, I gotta it. tell you that I um I gave your hometown a shout out. So one of the things in my article for Eddie Hearn to be successful is I think there are a lot of cities in America that are unserved from live boxing. There's a lot of boxing fans, you know, I gave like Orlando and New Orleans, San Francisco, Chicago, definitely. It's a city, you know, these people, these cities have a lot of boxing fans, but they don't really get quality live shows. And I think if Eddie Hearn is going to be successful in building his brand, the zone, he needs to get out of New York and L.A., you know, and take it to the streets, and take it to the various cities. Now I know it's easier said than done and you need, you know, it helps having local fighters and hometown fighters, but, you know, even if he gets Gervonta Davis and puts a show in Baltimore, you know, or, uh, he goes to Houston, he gets the charlos or he goes to Orlando. If he gets Thurman, I know Thurman's from Tampa, but it's an hour away, you know, relaxed geography heads. Um, (laughs) you know, uh, like I think, I think, I think that really will help grow the sport. Not that that's an answer, but, you know, creating that live buzz, he's done a great job in England of taking it out. And we think of England, oh, it's not a huge country. But if you look at it, you know, he's brought shows to Birmingham and Manchester and and Glasgow and Scotland and Cardiff and Wales. He's getting everybody involved in the live event. And I think that's an opportunity if he has this huge war chest of – let's say $125 million a year, which is, you know, that's really what it comes down to. You know, he can take the show on the road, and I think it's an opportunity to really bring some new fans into the fold because he creates a great live atmosphere in England. not saying it's easy to duplicate, but I think that's one way he could be successful is go to Kansas City, go to Brandon Stubbs, say, Brandon, I want you on press row. I want you covering this event. I want you to be excited about it. And you know what? You would. If he brought a fight Absolutely. to Kansas City, you'd be there in a second.
1: In a heartbeat. Yep. I mean, and this is, so. this is is like I said, it's a very under, an underserved fight town. We do get a lot of mixed martial arts here from a, a local and a regional aspect, but there are boxing fans who are here in the city who are hungry. And we actually have, you know, oddly enough, it flows a lot on the radar. We have a lot of the Golden Gloves tournaments here. Uh, that actually do quite well and have a lot of people who come out to them. So uh, the fans are here. Some of the young talent is, is actually here. Uh, they just don't have an opportunity to showcase that. So, uh, you know, I, I shout out to anyone who wants to do a local promotion. You know, we had a gentleman on last week who's in, uh, doing a cards in Indianapolis from four champs, uh, working with uh, Lehman Brewster, former he- uh, heavyweight titleist. Uh, you know, they're doing cards in Indianapolis. They're trying to, to build that local buzz, and I think that's what – if Hearn wants to be successful, a fight town like Chicago would be perfect to do an American yes. card in because people will come out there, regardless of who's fighting, it's a fight town. They're going to go out there to watch the fight. So totally agree there.
0: Yeah. I, in my old Facebook page used to have 75,000-plus fans, uh, boxing fans there, and I'd get all this geographical data about where everybody is. And i got to tell you, Brandon, if you were to draw a circle from an hour from Kansas City – Going east and west and north and south, there are a ton of boxing fans there. I mean, there are people there that are on my page. I'm saying, like, uh, I can remember the towns, like you know Overland Park, Kansas, and uh, you know some some of the various areas. Um, there were there were a lot of fans in that greater Kansas City area.
1: Absolutely, and I mean we we've seen with what Top Rank did with Terence Crawford in Omaha, it can be done. If you find yep. a local talent, you can build them there. You don't have to put on huge arena shows, you can do a civic center. You know, there's, you know, major cities, even uh, middle-sized cities have these arenas that may have, you know, feet uh, can, you know, seat 10 to 14,000. You don't need to use all the seats, but you can get that place packed to where once you put your equipment and the ring in there, you can still get a full house. So it can be done. It's just you got to do your homework. And I think a lot of the mistakes Hearn is making in regards to bringing, you know, match room here to the U.S., and doing those cards in New York, he's not doing his homework. He's just saying, New York is where I need to be. That's where I'm going to make my big splash, and it's not working. I don't think a lot of his homeworks being done in regards to the bo- boxing atmosphere and how smart some of the fans are in regards to, to these uh, fights that he's attempting to put on. But, you know, what do I know? Right. I'm, just, I'm just boxing medium.
0: Right. I hear you. So, anyway, um, as always, thank you um, uh, very much for having me tonight. My next show, I think, will be from my new place. So my my fiance and I are moving next week, so that's very exciting. So hopefully all the internet and everything will be taken care of uh, by the time I talk with you. And uh, look forward to the next show. So thank you very much, Brandon. Appreciate it.
1: Well, not a problem. Now you know we're gonna have to put up a boxing poll because for those who don't know, Adam is engaged. Adam's gonna be getting married here soon. We're gonna have to put up a boxing poll. Will Adam's takes become washed? After he gets married, AE, Keith <laughs> uh, Thurman. <laughs> will, will he not? Will we have TBE like to be announced and, and like he just never shows up? We don't know. We'll, we'll see. So we're going to give him that leeway until after he gets married to see if he becomes the Keith Thurman of Bunch of these Radio.
0: <laughs> well played, sir. Well played.
1: <laughs> Who, who's back to training? Now, I don't know if you've seen that video. Keith Thurman is back to training. I'm optimistic, but I'm not realistic. So.
0: We'll see, God, dude. I really, we'll see. you know, I really liked that guy. I really did. Uh, I mean, I still like him as a person, but, you know, we are here to talk about boxing, not, like, swell people that you meet. So, I mean, I really liked him in boxing. I mean, it's a shame. I, I really enjoyed
1: watching him. It, it, it's crazy, but... We'll see. You never know. You never know what could happen with Keith. Going forward. But uh, to all the fans, man, we appreciate you listening here to the show tonight. Again, as always, thank you, Adam. Uh, again, SN Boxing on Twitter, SaturdayNightBoxing.com is the website. Thank you to our guest tonight, Joe DeGuardi of StarBoxing, which is StarBoxing.com, uh, for all the events that they're putting on. Again, next week we have uh, the schedule. We'll see what happens. As for regards to what time he'll come on, Joe Smith Jr. Uh, he's making his return here at the end of this month. We'll talk to him. Who else knows will show up on the show? Uh, I have been calling out uh, Mauricio Suleiman Jr. of the WBC uh, for some of the horrible decisions. Maybe he'll finally take my offer and come on the show. We'll see. So just listen in, folks. Follow me on Twitter, BrandonP2TF. Uh, That is the Twitter handle. I say a lot of crazy stuff, but I love y'all. Love the support for everyone who's been showing love to the show. Uh, Until next Wednesday, I want everyone to stay safe, stay blessed, love one another because it's the only way we're going to get through this. I am Brandon Stubbs, and I am out.
2: 18- plus.